Thanks for downloading this week's Revolution Community Church podcast. We hope you are challenged by this talk and will share it with your family and friends. If this is your first encounter with Revolution, we hope you'll come and visit us at our Logansport campus, located at 3324 East Market Street, or check us out online at revolutioncc.org. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode at Revolution. We imagine 320. Heavenly Father, as hard as this is for me, I'm asking you to search me. Search me, God, and know my heart. God, test my motives. Reveal to me my anxious thoughts. Show me anything in me that offends you. God, I want to see in me what you see in me, so I can become more like Jesus. God, I ask you to search me. Awesome day to be together. Uh, so much more ahead in this journey we're taking today. So I, I want you to think about this question as we start week two of bold prayers. What is the boldest prayer you could pray over your life? What is the boldest prayer you could pray over your life? That that ridiculous, impossible, like out of the box, out of your comfort zone, only God could make it happen prayer. And, and don't limit it in your mind just because you're thinking like, oh, that's too big. I need to shrink it a little bit. You know, God couldn't do that. I'm talking like the boldest prayer. Uh, I mean, Joshua, this guy in the Old Testament, he prayed this prayer for the sun to stand still. And, and somehow the earth's orbital pattern was changed so that the sun stopped in the sky so Israel could receive victory in the valley of Ajalon. Okay, uh, this, this prophet named Elisha lived a few thousand years ago. He prayed for an iron axe head to float. And it was on the surface of the water like it was made of styrofoam. Uh, Jesus, he prayed over a grave that held a dead man for four days. That guy walked out of the grave. So don't, don't limit that bold prayer just because you think it can't happen. What's the boldest prayer you could pray over your life? And in general, whatever you're coming up with right now, that's the hope of this series. In general, we hope that our prayers become bigger and bolder because our faith is growing stronger and stronger. That's what this series in general we're hoping does. Through this series, we hope our prayers become bigger and bolder because our faith is growing stronger and stronger. I I hope this series increases our faith enough to speak, to speak these bold prayers over our lives, our family, our church, our community, our region, our nation, our world. I, I hope that our Imagine 320 prayers at 320 p.m., you know, that we're praying together as a church, I hope they get bigger. I hope they get bolder. I, I hope that our prayers for our church, our community, and beyond just grow. Just get crazy. Just get crazy with those prayers. I, I hope our prayers for our own lives grow in boldness. There's two prayers I'm praying over my life and my family through this series. The first prayer is, and I've been praying it for a while. I'm meaning it more now than ever. God, use my family and use our church to, to be part of changing a region. That's what I'm praying. God, use our family and this church to be part of changing a region. And the second prayer God, heal my acid reflux. I'm praying it. I am believing God. I've dealt with it for six years. I got a hernia that keeps the esophagus open. I'm sick of it. And God's going to probably change my diet to help heal that. But, but I'm praying it, okay? So whatever that prayer is, you pray that bold prayer over your life. And in this series, we're looking at three short, extremely bold prayers that we can all pray. 
Uh, and if we pray these prayers, listen, if we pray these prayers and we're serious about them, God's going to do something unbelievable in our lives and in our faith. These are life-transforming prayers, life-changing prayers. Julie got us started last week with the first prayer, which was break me. Break me, God. Do this deep work in me. Break the things off, or, or prune, as she talked about last week. Break those things off that are keeping me from developing and growing as your follower. Today we're going below the surface again with a, a prayer that we're going to pray, search me. And then next week we're going to pray, send me. That's where we're headed with this series. And when you came in today, uh, I want to point this out because every single week uh, there's this card that you receive in your packet when you come in. And I love it. Here's the thing. So many of you, you fill this out every single week with something going on, like a prayer, like request, you know, of something going on in your family, friends, or whatever. It was so cool reading through these this past Monday uh, because someone put down that their friend that we've been praying for fully recovered from this illness they had. And it was on there, it was in the email Monday morning. So, yeah, we got to, like, I got to read that on Monday. That was so cool. And, and again, every week, people are turning in these cards with requests and, and, uh, and, or, or going to the, sending out a, an email to prayer at revolutioncc.org. Throughout the week, people send emails to this. And then it goes out from there to, uh, I think there's 40 or so individuals on this team right now praying, joining together in boldness to pray for these needs and these things that are going on in people's lives and families and all that stuff. And, and by the way, if you want to join the prayer team, you can do that. Uh, the, the first step to joining that team is just marking the card, as Julie pointed out earlier, under I would like to get involved, bottom left, prayer team. Right there it is. Somebody's going to get in touch with you, uh, sh- like talk with you about what the commitment looks like. You don't just get on the team because you mark the card. We want to have a conversation. We want to help kind of explain the expectations of this because we want people to pray. We want people to pray over these needs. So maybe that's your next bold step is to get some information about that team. And here's something I've noticed. And this is just from observation. But, but what I've noticed, and, and this includes me, is that most of the time what we want prayers for are tangible, like surface, life stuff. And that's a lot of what's mentioned on the card. That's a lot of what I mentioned before. You know, pray bold prayers in that way. Absolutely and completely, we should continue to pray those kinds of bold prayers. I'm going to say it again. I am not saying, like, we should not pray these tangible life issue prayers. Like, we absolutely should. And I'm praying they get bigger and bolder. You know, pray and believe in faith for new jobs and and healing and and acid reflux and uh, God to use us to change a region. You know, kids making bad decisions, pray for the kids. All that stuff. I hope these prayers continue to increase. I hope that dozens and dozens of more people fill out this card with those types of requests. But instead of just praying, God, would you do this for me? This series is challenging me. I hope it will challenge all of us to go bolder with our prayers and say, God, would you do this in me? Not just, God, would you do this for me? I mean, sometimes that's a very bold prayer. But the bolder prayer, the deeper prayer is, God, would you do this in me? And listen, you might not be there yet. I get that. Like You might be here and, and you're not even sure about God and who God is and if you even trust God yet. And it, it's one thing to like pray a request to God that you're, it's kind of out of your control. It, we, we found out last week, Julie shared with us, that 8 out of 10 people polled said that in the last three months they've at least prayed one time. 
So pretty much everyone's praying, right? And, and we go to God, like when things are out of our control, we might say, God, you know, I, I, my grandma has cancer. You know, she's tried everything. Just if you care, God, heal her. Or, or my marriage is on the rocks. I've, I've tried everything. We've gone to counseling. I don't know what else to do. God, if you care about us, do something. And maybe you're like, I can do that kind of prayer. But trusting God to do something in my heart and soul, do something in me, I mean, I don't know. Like, change me? I'm not sure I'm ready for that prayer. And I get that. I get that. And again, if you're here and you're not sure about that and ready for that, I, I'm hoping that today and next week even challenges you to, to get a little bit bolder in your prayers. And, and for those of you that are ready, I, I'm just praying that today's message just gives us the tools that we need to make today's prayer a part of our weekly, daily, hourly prayer life. So you might be ready for this prayer. You might not be ready for this prayer. I don't know where you're at, but there was a guy 3,000 years ago that actually prayed this bold prayer of the day, and he meant it with all of his heart. And his name was David. He was the second king of the nation of Israel, uh, lived about 3,000 years ago. And something else interesting about David, he's the only one we know of throughout history that was ever described as a man after God's own heart. Pretty cool description. And it's so interesting that he gets that description because if you read his story, uh, not only does David commit adultery, but through uh, you know this kind of manipulated series of events, he has the husband killed, and, and he deals with pride. If you read through his writings and stories, he struggles with pride. He gives into it often in his decision-making. Yet that guy is known as a man after God's own heart. How? Well, I think this prayer is part of how. And let me set it up real quick with a little context. Um, some enemies of Israel and enemies of God were on the attack, and they were accusing David of having wrong motives. And as the leader, the king, the guy that has all the power in the world, he could have just deflected it instead of like saying, oh, you got it all wrong, I'm, that's not me. Instead, he, he goes, God, I, search me. God, he, God look, look inside. Show me what the truth is. Show me a little bit more of myself. And here's that prayer. And, and I'm going to read the whole prayer. And then I'm going to ask us all to read it together. And for you, it might just be reading. For, for you, it might be a prayer. I don't know where you're at yet, but we're going to read it together. But let me read it first. Uh, David prayed this, Psalm 139, 23 and 24. It says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And that might not make much sense yet, or you're not even sure what that means, or if you're ready to pray it, but let's just read it together, Okay. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And in order to digest this, what I want to do is kind of break this prayer down into four subparts because I think there's four distinct parts of the prayer. And, and I hope it, it, again, challenges those that aren't ready to pray it yet, but for those that are like, I'm all in with this. I, I want to start, like this would give us some tools to make this part of our prayer rhythm. So the, the first thing David prays is, as he's talking to God, as he says, search me, is know my heart. Know my heart. He says it very directly in verse 23. Search me, God, and know my heart. And, and maybe your first thought is, why do we even need to pray this? I mean, it's God, right? I mean, God knows everything about me. God knows my heart. Like, it seems like a dumb prayer. Like, why would I pray God know my heart? Or, and, and maybe you even go like another layer further with that. Maybe you're like, 
I mean, I, I get the next part about my thoughts, like test my thoughts. My thoughts aren't good quite often, actually. I mean, my mind can wander and, you know, and I can think bad thoughts and dwell on bad thoughts. And I get that. But, and, and I might do some wrong things once in a while, but my heart's good. I've got a good heart. Actually, we need to understand that without Christ, nobody naturally has a good heart. I mean, it's a very common saying. It's, it's kind of a part of our culture now even. Like, I mean, yeah, they messed up, but they got a good heart. I, I mean, i got a good heart. Yeah, I do some wrong things. I got, I, I've got a good heart. The truth is, you and me, we have a wicked, deceitful heart. We have a totally jacked up heart. And this is what it says in Jeremiah 17, verse 9. The heart is, let's, see, let's read that word, deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? It's deceitful. And, and that's why it's so important to pray this prayer, God, know my heart. Which in the original Hebrew, the word means observe and reveal. Observe and reveal. God, know my heart. Observe the things in there that shouldn't be there and reveal them to me. Know my heart. And why is that important? Because our heart is a mess. It's deceitful. And we, we don't even realize it most of the time. And this is a hard hurdle to get over. If, if you're not a Christ follower thinking about surrendering your life to Christ, this is one of those hurdles that's kind of difficult to understand or, or admit. I, I remember um, before Revolution Church even started, I was invited to this community gathering to tell, tell a little bit about Revolution and what we were going to be starting and all that kind of stuff, kind of advertise about the church. And, and I, I remember talking about how we didn't want to start another church. We wanted to start a different church. And and, and I think I did make some church people mad that kind of went to church. But I said, you know, we want people to enjoy going to church and wake up excited to go to church. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a church for people that wouldn't normally connect with church. That's what we're trying to create with Revolution. And, and there was this lady that was very intrigued by my presentation. And she came up to me uh, and was asking questions. And she's like, hey, would you mind, like, meeting at my place of business and talking more about this? I was like, absolutely, this is great. So I, I, I met her there, and we were having a conversation, and it was awesome. It, it turned into like an evangelism conversation. I was kind of sharing the gospel about how Jesus came to earth, and he lived perfectly, and he died brutally on a cross, and he rose miraculously from the dead, and he did that proving he was God's son. He did it so we could find our way back into a relationship with God, and that's the gospel message. I've shared it dozens of times at Revolutions just like that. I mean, Jesus came, lived perfectly, died brutally, rose miraculously, and share that with everybody you know. That's the gospel, and, and then I got to kind of our side of things, and, and I was like, and, and us, like humanity, we're bad. We're all sinners that have fallen short of God's glorious standard, and we need a Savior to rescue us. And she said, and I'll never forget this conversation, she's like, wait, so you believe that everyone's naturally bad? And I said, I believe that now more than ever, because I have a three-year-old son named Jacob. And, and this was, you know, right, right around the time we were starting the church, and Jacob was three years old. And, and I've, I've shared before that Aspen was a really, you know, difficult baby. She you know, cried all the time. And Jacob was a great baby. I mean, just hardly, if he was crying, there was something wrong. We had to figure out what was wrong. He'd be fine. Uh, he was a great baby. When he turned two, 
it was like he became possessed by something. We don't know exactly, but it was hard. Like, I, if you have uh, boys and you went, remember that two-year-old stage, I didn't know if he was going to make it or we were going to make it or what was going to happen. God help us. Uh, but I, I was talking to this, you know, this lady, and I was like, I believe we're born with a heart that naturally rebels. And because I have a three-year-old son, I believe that now more than ever. I've had to teach Jake in a lot of things. We've done the whole potty training deal and doing good with that. And uh, I've shown him how to throw a baseball a little bit. He's got a pretty good arm for a three-year-old. And and we've worked on, you know, uh, making sure you hold your sippy right so it doesn't spill all over the car. He's still working on that one. But uh, but but I've never one time had to show Jakin how to disobey. Never. He figured that out all by himself. Like, I've shown him how to throw a baseball. I never one time showed him how to throw alphabet blocks at his sister's head. He came up with that all by himself. Uh, Like, we've worked on the whole sippy spilling thing. I've never showed him how to unscrew the lid and look at us with that smug face and dump his juicy juice all over the floor right in front of us. I mean, he figured that he came up with that all on his own. Because, see, friends, our heart is messed up. And it's deceitful. We, we deceive ourselves into thinking we have a good heart. It, it's so deceitful. There, there's these cultural phrases like, oh, she's got a great heart. Or, I mean, I mess up, but i got a good heart. No. We have to pray this very vulnerable prayer to God. Like, I, I want to know what's in there, God. No matter how bad the findings may be. So know my heart. Observe and reveal what's in there. Know my heart. It, it's a vulnerable prayer. But it's also a very valuable prayer. Because God reveals things that we otherwise would not have known about ourselves. Because the truth is, God knows you and God knows me better than we know ourselves. He knows that there are parts of us that are better than we even believe we are in these areas. And there are parts of us that are far worse than we would ever want to admit. And when we pray, God, search me, know my heart. We're asking God to bring our attention to the broken parts of our lives that need to be confronted. The fractured parts that need to change. And most of us are resistant to this. Kind of like, you know, being afraid to go to the doctor for the annual checkup because you're afraid there might be something they find out is wrong with you. And and I understand that feeling, but it's kind of ridiculous, right? Like, I've been hesitant to go to the doctor because what I don't know feels less threatening than what I might find out after the visit. But we've all heard by now that the first step to being a cancer survivor is early detection. The longer it's left alone, the bigger and nastier it gets. And asking God to, to search me and know my heart. It's like putting my heart in the hands of the best cancer doctor in the world. He can help me identify, diagnose, and remove things in my life that are diseased. And sin, listen, sin, if unaddressed, if left dormant, it's like a cancer. And asking God to to search me, to reveal my unknown or unacknowledged sin, it's not easy, it's not comfortable, but it's so worth it. The heart is deceitful above all things, and we need this really bold prayer. It's a bold prayer. Say, to go before God and say, God, search me and know my heart. Show me what's in there. I know I'm not going to like the findings. But search me and show me anyway, because I want to be more like you that much. And like I said before, David was the king, okay? When, when stuff comes to him, information comes to him, like he's got all the power in the world. If anyone doesn't have to pray this prayer, it's David. 
Yeah, he knew, he knew like I know now, like as a leader, you need to pray this prayer more than anyone else. I'll share this real quick and then we'll move to the next part. I remember in the early days of revolution, as we were starting the church, I had this thought that kept rattling around in my brain. I kept thinking that maybe part of my intentions for starting revolution weren't pure. And I believe now that that thought was placed there by the Holy Spirit. And one day I finally mustered up the courage to say something like today's prayer, God, search me, know my heart. And what I discovered was there was part of my heart that wanted revolution to grow and reach people to prove people in my past wrong. To show that, oh, I'm really somebody starting a church. Woo. You know, that, that, you know, that God, like, and, and without, listen, without that prayer in the early days, I believe pride would have taken over my heart, consumed my heart, and I would not be in ministry today. I believe that. That's how big this prayer is. There are things dormant in our hearts that if they're left unaddressed, they're going to destroy us. We need this prayer. Second part, God, search me, know my heart, search me, and test my thoughts. <laughs> the, the full phrase that says, test me and know my anxious thoughts. Test my thoughts. Show me the things I'm thinking I shouldn't be thinking. Show me the places where my thinking is off. Show me where I'm anxious about things in my thought process that I should be giving to you and trusting to you, right? Show me thoughts my mind is focusing on that it should not be focusing on. And this is such an important part of the prayer. Actually, David's son, Solomon, look at what he wrote. Uh, he said this in, in Proverbs chapter, I think it's, 20, yeah, 23. Proverbs 23, 7, it says, what he thinks is what he really is. Maybe you've heard the translation, as a man thinks, so is he. See, our thoughts eventually become who we are. Our thoughts affect our emotions, they affect our mood, they translate into action. And if we think on something long enough, it turns into actions and it then becomes who we are. And God wants to reveal the ways we're thinking that are not pleasing to Him and help us think differently. And here's the truth of it. If, if you missed everything else so far, if we can leave remembering this, this is huge. The truth of it is, we can think things on purpose. The, the mind is a muscle. Now, the, the physiology of the brain is an organ, but the mind actually works more like a muscle. You can exercise it. You can expand its capacity. It can be trained and disciplined to think different thoughts. The mind is a muscle. And with God's help, our thoughts can change. Every morning right after I wake up, I've been doing this for over a year now, and some of you know the backstory to this, but every morning I wake up and roll onto my knees and pray. Now, that's not because I'm a super Christian. Some of you know the backstory that I actually started having severe back pain, and I had to do that, so I started praying, and so God... That makes me do things for my good. Anyway, but, um, so, but I, I don't have to anymore. It's something I get to do in the mornings. And I, I pray three verses over my life. Uh, uh, Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God. God, help me to be quiet enough and still enough to hear you today. Um, Proverbs 19.2, haste makes mistakes. God, help me not make decisions quickly because I think it's urgent. Help me to make wise decisions. And, and 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, take every thought captive, make it obedient to Christ. God, help every thought that comes in that's not of you. Help me to take it captive by your power and cast it out and think your thoughts. 
You see, I believe in second-layer thinking, where we can actually evaluate our own thoughts and choose to think something different. Where we think on our own thoughts, like second-layer thinking, we're thinking on our own thoughts, we're evaluating the thought we're having, and we're choosing to think a different thought. The mind is a muscle. We can actually, with God's strength, in this bold prayer of God, search me, test my thoughts, we can begin to take bad thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. We can stop a thought before it starts to affect our mood or our emotions or before it starts to become an action. I can get rid of the bad thought and choose to think on something better. The mind gets stronger and stronger the more we discipline it and exercise it. And the first part of disciplining something is evaluating it. God, search me, test my thoughts. Some of us, we need to change the way we're thinking and say, I'm done dwelling on the past. I'm just done. When that memory comes back, I'm just sick of it. God, I'm on, with your strength, I'm taking it captive. It is no longer going to destroy a day in the present or a day in the future. I'm done with that stuff. Like some of us, we need to make the decision that I'm not going to be mad at God anymore because life hasn't turned out like I was hoping it would turn out or, or whatever. I'm going to choose to think differently. I'm going to choose to think differently about my spouse. I'm going to choose to think differently about my job. I'm going to choose to think differently. You know, that, that lustful, evil, envious, jealous thought, it's, I'm, I'm going to take it captive. I'm not going to let it affect any other part of me. And it all starts with the bold prayer. God, search me, test my thoughts. And then David goes to the surface. I love how it's in layers. Know my heart, test my thoughts, see my offenses. God, I don't even realize all the things I do throughout the day, the way I treat others, the way I interact, the way I react, the way I'm responding to conversation, the words out of my mouth, that there are so many things that are not pleasing to you. And I'm asking that you would see my offenses. Point them out to me. I, I read a devotional this week on Psalm 139, and the one thing that really stuck out from the devotional was you cannot pray this prayer in five minutes. I think we're maybe starting to realize this, right? This is not a five-minute prayer. This, is, this isn't something you do once a year where you're like, okay, God, you know, search me, search my, or, you know, search my heart, test my thoughts, see my offenses, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and you know, it's like the annual review, God. Here, you got five minutes to kind of point all these things out to me. No. In many ways, this is changing the way we pray from just praying request. Keep praying request. Keep being really bold with that stuff. But going one layer deeper, one layer bolder, to, to God, do something in me, to praying deeper, bolder prayers. And we've we got to talk with God every day about these things. Make them part of the rhythm of our prayers. Finish up a conversation and be like, okay, God, you know, know, know my heart, test my thoughts. Was there something off there? You know, do I need, like, did I mess up there? Did I react a little bit too strong? What, God, search my heart, you know, test me in this. And, or, or at the end of your workday, on your way home, it might be a two-minute drive, but you've got two minutes every day to say, God, search me. Know my heart, test my thoughts, see my offenses. Was there something off today? That, like, if, if, if you, you want to change this. You want to change this about me. And as we pray this bold prayer, we need to give God time to speak. I love what Julie said last week, that, that we often think of prayer as talking to God, which, I mean, yeah, that's part of it, right? But prayer is a conversation with God. It's back and forth. It's, it's talking and listening. 
And that's what this is. There, there, I mean, there's probably more listening than talking here. We say this prayer and we listen. And sometimes God speaks through that still small voice of his spirit. Sometimes God speaks through somebody else. Sometimes it's through scripture or whatever. There's a back and forth. God, search me, know my heart, test my thoughts, see my offenses. And then the last part, lead me in your path. And we're really going to focus in on this part of the prayer next week. But David's asking God to show him what next steps to take, to direct him in the way God would have him go. See, listen, friends. When we slow down enough to ask God to search us, we begin to see more clearly the evidence of his activities in our lives, our relationships, and just the, the, the space that we inhabit. We begin to recognize the ways he's leading us to carry out his purposes in this world. Have you ever like driven somewhere and like, it, I mean, it might be to work or it might be like a longer trip or Kokomo or Lafayette or something. You get there, you get to the restaurant, you get to the destination, you park and you're like, how did I just get here? Like, I, I was so in the zone with something else. I don't even remember any of Inter- or Highway 25 or 35. I don't remember any of that. I missed all of that. I remember um, when, when our church was, we were, we were looking to maybe buy land and build a new building before God did this amazing thing and gave us this uh, awesome space down the road that we're remodeling right now. But uh, there was this property we were praying about, praying boldly about, and I would drive by it about every day and pray over it. And uh, even on the way to the, walking to the park with my family, we would kind of pray over this property because we would walk by it. And, uh, and I took pictures of this property and everything. And then one day I'm here at, at the church, and there's this guy that's very familiar with the property. He's like, what do you think about those flowering trees that kind of line the drive leading out to the property? I was like, I don't even know what I said because I, I was like... I, what are you talking about flowering trees? I, I, I totally missed it. So I actually looked at some of the pictures I'd taken weeks before, and this is a picture I had taken of the flowering trees. And I, I didn't even see it. So I, I actually drove back out there that afternoon, and as I, I was sitting in my car kind of looking at this scenery, it was like God was speaking to me. Anthony, you get so busy and so consumed with moving things forward and leading your family and leading a church and you don't take time to reflect and experience the true beauty of life. See, that's what life has a tendency of becoming when this prayer is absent. We miss the real life God has for us because we don't slow down long enough to give God space to speak. Am I even going the right direction? Am I totally off, God? I'm missing what you're doing as I'm going from here to there. I put something on Facebook this week um, a number of years ago. 50 people over the age of 95 were interviewed and asked this question. If you had life to do all over again, what would you do different? Over the age of 95. That's called wisdom right there. Number one answer, I would reflect more. We get so busy, friends. Young families in the room speaking to us. Like we just go and go and we don't say, God, search me. Am I going the right way? Know my heart. Test my thoughts, God. See my offenses. What's going on, God? I want want to follow you better. I I want to live more for you. 
And if you're not doing good with this, um, we want to even give some space right now to kind of get this thing started. It, it can't stop here for sure, but this can be a little bit of space to kind of get it started. So what, what we had asked you to do is as the band is just going to kind of play some music, um, just take some space right now. Maybe just maybe you just say the prayer right now to God. Like you, you look it up again, Psalm 139, 23, 24, you read it. Uh, we gave a couple index cards in your pamphlet. You can use that to kind of write some notes. I, I, I like to write down when I'm kind of doing some reflective prayer. I use an app in my phone. but Just, just pray that prayer and, and just see what God's going to start doing, maybe even right now in these moments. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Psalm 139. Let's pray. God, I just, I do thank you for that reckless love. I thank you for the fact that when we say, God, search me, you do. And you reveal to us those things. And so I pray that as we pray that prayer this week, as we leave the building, but keep that message in our heart that that you're there and you're willing, God, that you are searching us and that you are going to show us those things, God. You're going to reveal to us the worries and the anxieties that we don't need to hold on to. And I pray that your your spirit would give us that strength and that comfort to let it go. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys can be seated real quick. Um, I think the thing that I appreciate most about Anthony's message is, is the four ways he broke it down because I don't think there's a single person in this room that can't, can't say I'm in this spot or I'm dealing with this. You know, maybe you're still searching. Maybe you're asking God, why, why isn't being good enough enough? Or maybe like me, you're, you're on that thoughts, like think intentionally, think intentionally on the things of God and not on the things that I'm struggling with or on the things that make me lesser. So I think we can each find ourselves in that place. So as you go this week, I just encourage you, you know, pray that scripture or even just pick that part that hit you this morning and pray that and just, just God will, God will answer. He'll, he'll reveal that to you. So, um, that's the challenge for this week. Continue to read that, read that scripture every day. Hold it, hold it close. Take your prayer that you wrote, whether it was on your phone. I didn't have a pen, so I was madly typing or, or on that paper and, and put it somewhere you're going to read it and you're going to pray it continually throughout this week. This series is, is so powerful if we take those next steps.